This is JFM Podcast. Hi there, good morning. Welcome to the program, The Plenary, uh, on J101.9 here in Jaws. Hope you had a great night. Apologies, uh, this is not the sick tune, neither is it the promo. Uh, I'm still rectifying some issues regarding technology here on this end. Today is the 16th month of August, 2021. And uh, on the business of the plenary, we have lots of interesting, you know, issues to talk about, uh, especially that um, just the National Assembly is on recess. And of course, there's lots of, been lots of, you know, other controversial issues, I would say, before the, uh, especially as late, you know, uh, State House of Assembly. Controversy in the sense that what powers do they have to bring to an end the killings that we've experienced in the past here in the state? Do they have any legislative powers? What can they do, for example? Or what have they been doing right or wrong? It's just evaluation because at the end of the day, people's life has been, you know, killed, murdered. Uh, at the core of it, at the heart of all of this debate is, one, the issue of justice. Number two, the issue of um, peace, order, and, of course, control. Uh, but, well, I have a guest to uh, discuss these issues with me. I have uh, an erudite public intellectual and, of course, public affairs commentator, Mr. John Kelly. Good morning and thank you for coming. Good morning, Plato. Thank you for having me. Yeah, first, uh, let me start with uh, the um, unfortunate situation that we had in uh, Basa. And, you know, just what's your thought, you know? Uh, on that and how does it make you feel as as a person? I mean, this is not the first time uh, since the return of democracy in 1999. is one issue that has lingered uh, so well. Um, people said, you know, uh, some people argue that it's the issue of governance, that if you have proper governance, this thing wouldn't occur. And then I said, but uh, majority of people on the plateau attest to the fact that the former administration of Jonah Jang, you know, performed infrastructural, you know, and lots of, you know, other things. Businesses at the time were flowing into the state. So is it really the question of governance or, you know, some people are just hell-bent, for example, in bringing uh, chaos, you know, to society? Or is it the issue of, you know, there's something that we aren't doing right uh, that we need to do? Well, thank you once more. And um, first of all, I'd like to send my condolences to the people of Basa, local governments, especially the Irigwe and other parts of the states that were heavily attacked by um, Irigwe well. yeah, were attacked by armed bandits. Um, because seriously, these are not the best times for us in this country and um, especially in Plateau State. You know, it has been a back and forth you know, over crisis, reoccurring and reoccurring again. And um, it's a mix actually of governance and um, other issues that you could look at because when you look at it critically from 1994 i think that was where the whole stuff started around Giro in just south local government and um, um that led us also to the 2001 crisis we've had the 2008 crisis we've had the 2010 crisis and continuously the state has been into one form of attack or the other but first of all i would like to correct one notion mm -hmm. that most often people do bring out that um 
it has always been a farmer headers clash. I don't consider it as a farmer headers clash because when you look at it, it's a sustained attack. You know, when you're having a clash with somebody, probably you're fighting over a resource that um, you needed to, you know, I mean, they needed some kind of intervention. But in this case, you have law-abiding citizens, armless people in their homes. You know, in the depths of the night, they are always being invaded and attacked and crops being mowed. And, and that shows that um, there is something that these, you know, uh, people are actually looking out for. And that is where the issue of governance comes in. Um, because when you have a proactive government and leadership in place, the leader takes steps, you know, judiciously to ensure that any issue that will affect his people, that issue will be dealt with. Because you cannot live without the people. Governance is a function of people. That's why when you look at the definition of democracy, it talks about the people, the people, and the people. But when you are missing out the link in engaging your people, that's where the issue comes in. Now, when you take a look at what is happening in Benue State, right, for instance, you will see that the proactiveness of the governor, even though he doesn't control the security apparatus, but he has sustainedly, you know, amplified the feelings of his people to the executive you know at the national level and there are times that definitely one day somehow the government at the center will listen to you same thing goes also to taraba state that's why you see proactiveness in these leaders amplifying the voices of the people now one strategic way that some of these governors have looked at because we cannot um, live in isolation you must find a strategic way of living amongst, you know, uh, in the federation unit. That's where I am saluting the effort of the governors of the southwest, you know, because they looked at the issue. It's, it's more of um, the same thing from one state to the other. And they now came together. Jointly, they formed Amotekun, devoid of any political affiliation. And that's why I always respect Akere Dulu, son, the governor of Ondo State, because he says that I remain loyal to my political party, but my loyalty is more to my people not the political party. So if the people are cleansed today, if the people are killed today, what happens to my seat? That means I have lost legitimacy as the governor. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, all this, you know, uh, everywhere, Ago and Amotek and all this uh, creation of law, uh, you know, as it is, uh, but as it is today, we don't have the North Central Governors Forum, you know, in, in, in the country. Uh, you know, unlike, you know, in the past, for mm. example, uh, the governor of Benue State seems like a lone wolf, you know, yeah. crying in the uh, desert. Mm. What will you suggest to the North Central governors? Because they, I mean, they are not excused from all this unnecessary and unwanted, mm. you know, attacks mm. on communities and their uh, people. Is it? Will it be good that you know they come together, respective of party and? form you know a regional security network to protect you know their people uh, regardless of you know their uh, partisan differences yeah I was, I was about to come to that because when you look at it the north central is not left out but very unfortunately but it's not see, on the radar now. yeah of course there's no cohesion you know that's that's amongst the governors of the north central because niger state is not left out in the attacks um, Nasarawa State is not left out. Beno is not left out. Even the plateau is not left out. 
but the cohesion in bringing themselves together as governors to say with a common voice that, hey guys, just like others are doing, can we come together beyond our political sentiment and see how we can stem the tide of the violence in our region? But that is not happening because the governor of Benue State happens to be the only lone governor in PDP who is speaking out the minds of his people. But rather what you see most often in the remaining state, you see the people are left all by themselves, struggling to defend themselves. When you see videos of some of these attacks, it is like a pain that's seriously very hard for you to swallow. And which is why we must use platforms like this to probably speak to the government to proactively look at, you know, strategic ways of finding I mean, strategy ways in, in defending the lives of the people because the constitution has given you that mandate. Because the whole essence yeah, but, of you know, governance is on the exclusive list, yes, not being, concurrent list. Yeah, yeah, being on the exclusive list, that's one of the issues that actually we will be looking at. Because the exclusive list that contains the security issue is what is affecting us all over the country. Because the exclusive list is so chalked up with a lot of issues. And that's why I have been an advocate of the centralization of those powers on the exclusive list. I remember very well that some time ago, that was as a December, after the December 2020 attack on the rice farmers in um, Borono State, in Borno, yeah. right? The House of Representatives, you know, wrote to the president seeking to have his audience so that the president could explain to the Nigerian people what is happening in the country so that probably he could give hope and inspire the people to probably stay calm but unfortunately the president had agreed had agreed on on on, on coming to address the nation but that was told by the attorney general of the federation citing the provisions of section 88a where it empowers the National Assembly to investigate any issue. And also going further to section 89, subsection 1C, which talks about the National Assembly having the power to supplant any person. Right. Now, the Attorney General, in his own interpretation, says that the President wouldn't have been any person, right, which shows that, that the National Assembly lacks the power to invite the president to ask him certain questions. Now, that is where the quagmire that we're in right now, because if the president had availed himself mm. to the members of the National Assembly, definitely Nigerians will have known basically probably those areas or great areas or probably to come in with you know, uh, advice on how the, the government can better handle the issues. So you're but saying unfortunately, that, yeah. unfortunately mm. the powers from the National Assembly and those of the State Assembly, because you asked a question whether the members of the national uh, the state assembly have the capacity to mm. interfere in some of these issues right or intervene if the governor who is the chief executive officer of a state cannot control the security apparatus what more of a member of the house of assembly who is just a legislator so that is where the problem is now which was why one of the members representing you know the federal constituency of Edo State at the Federal House of Reps now send a motion or a bill to the National Assembly which will guarantee that is the at the national level the Senate to invite the president and also at the state level for the House of Assembly to also invite, invite the, governor. the governor. So that bill as at March 20, 17 March 2021 passed through the second reading. So not until this bill 
comes into effect, it will be very, very or practically impossible for the members of the House of Assembly at the state level to invite the governor into the chambers of the House of Assembly to interrogate the governor on some certain security issues. Let's talk about uh, this issue of security on the exclusive list. And it's, it, it didn't start with the President Mohamed Ubar administration. Not at Since all. the time of uh, Not at uh, all. former President Obasanjo, mm-hmm. Yar Adwa, Gulaki Bele, Jonathan. Very well. uh, and then you have it now. Is it that the elite don't care much about the lives of people to put in power, you know, in the hands of governors to control their own security? Or what really is the argument? I recall the uh, rosy relationship that former governor uh, Jang, you know, had with former uh, President Gulag Jonathan. But he told him to his face, he said, don't call me the chief security officer of my state. Look at how people have been killed, you know, in my state. The response time, you know, uh, to attack is extremely low. Uh, and there's uh, nothing that I can do, uh, for example. And he brought uh, the argument of state police. Uh, but at the time, the likes of Mekanti Bello, you know, where mm. some of his uh, uh, strong, staunch, you know, yeah. uh, opponent, they opposed him to say that Nigeria is not ripe uh, because governors were abused. And let's talk about this every time... There's a novel idea, you know, on the table. But, you know, leaders who come out to say we are not ripe for this, you know, this and this. But they don't bring any alternative solution in their own wise thinking. Why we're not matured for it on the one hand. And on the other hand, uh, here's a better idea that we can have and our society is going to progress. <laughs> you know, I always tell people that um, the former Governor Jang saw this coming, right? Because he was like a lone voice in the wilderness crying because as at the time that he was the governor of Plateau State I remember very well that Plateau State was in the news often every day with one form of security issue or the other and that was what necessitated the formation of the Operation Rainbow to stem the tide of the insecurity in our villages now as at the time he was bringing out those issues a lot of people were calling him ethnic bigot some were calling him different kinds of names mm-hmm. but as soon as the governor jang left office nowhere in this country is spared every part of the country is engulfed now the government at the center always feels that politicians at the local level will use the opportunity if given the chance to handle their state-owned police and which to me, I say is a categorical no. Because as far as I'm concerned, those who can better manage the security of the states are people who are indigenous to those communities. You can imagine you send somebody on transfer from Enugu State to Plateau State. He comes to Plateau State, for instance, you take him to Riom local government. How can he meander the corners of Riom local government in case of any attack? Even the security personnel themselves, they are not left out because they are also vulnerable. Vulnerable in the sense that they could get to a point that they could lost out their tracks to even get out of that place. Now, the formation of the state security network is to strategically have members of the community who superintend over the security of their territory. And they can also provide intels to the federal security or to hope those that you think that they can better handle. Because most of it, it was about gathering security intelligence and report same to the police or to the military. But that failed because the powers that be felt that their ego was going to be stepped on. 
Now, I don't buy this idea of having these federally uh, controlled security all the time because that is why we're still where we are right now. And the logic, as it were, during the time of Governor Jang is what the South, the Southern Governors Forum, not just, not just the, 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 the Southwest, oh, the South entire East. Southern, Southern Governors Go Forum, they've seen a sense in that. And, and that is why, yeah, yeah, that's why they are working on the legal framework on instituting their own state security network. You know, sending the bills to their state houses of assembly. And as soon as that is passed into law, all the governors have agreed that they are going to assent to it. So it's going to be a full-fledged security network that will calm the bushes, you know, the trenches to ensure that their people are safe from any marauders attack. Now, and that is where the North Central governors need to start looking at because the security is of the essence. We cannot continue to work on the documents that even the federal government is not respecting. Because if the federal government is respecting the constitution, that means that no single life would be lost in this country mm. on an account of negligence. But we have seen the rate of kidnapping, armed banditry, the, how people have been killed on a daily basis by people who have turned this into some kind of business. Right, so the government is not proactive in acting, or the government has not shown concern that the Nigerian lives matter anymore. Let me ask you this radical, you know, question, and uh, through instrumentality of law, we are federation, and federation uh, entails that we have federating units that make up, you know, the federation. Yeah. Uh, Zamfara State is a federating unit on yeah, its course. Uh, Niger State, which has been plagued, even Kaduna State and Plateau State. Can this, you know, uh, federating unit and plateau, you know, uh, come together and say that, well, uh, the federal government or Federal Republic of Nigeria, we want to uh, renegotiate our terms of being involved in this uh, federation because uh, the government at the center has not protected the lives of our people uh, and properties, our society has been, has gone backward. Look at how you know education has gone backward. You know, uh, in Zamfara Niger State, and this, this states have low uh, literacy levels. You know, for example, but you find this bandit uh, plunging the societies back. You know, back into time. So, will you recommend that you know this state should come together and say, uh, look, uh, the federal government of Nigeria, we think we want to renegotiate our uh, terms. You you know, in this federation, because uh, the federation has not done much to protect us, our society has, has gone backward, for example. Well, as good as that sounds, it's rather unfortunate that it's not workable or it's not going to work as far as the Nigerian state is concerned. Why is right? that? Why yeah. is it not going good. to work? You see, it is very unfortunate that um, as it is right now, we're still thinking on the line of um, deeply fanatical attached to our religion. Right. When it comes to... When lives have been lost. Yeah, that, that's the reality. Lives have been lost. It's that's what I'm telling you. There are, people, secret, yeah. there are people that as far as they're concerned, for as long as they remain in power, for as long as their ego will be protected, for as long as their religion will be protected, they don't give a damn about how many people dies. How many of these governors in the Corn North go back to their state and report to the people? We have stories of governors who stay in Abuja for months, eight months, five months, without going back to their home state. Now, the issue is this. The idea can be muted by, I mean, can, can, can kickstart by someone, right? It will get to a point that you now see um, um, 
tactical withdrawal from some of these governors because of one interest or the other somebody somewhere will just call you and tell you that ah, why are you doing this you know you know this is our own agenda because there is always an agenda within the agenda in the nigerian system mm. that is the fact that people don't want to know but it's a sad reality right that a state connecting for instance let's say plato who is plagued by all this crisis connected with zamfara state connecting with Niger State, connecting with Borono State, probably to challenge the federal government or the authority of the federal government on why her citizens are being killed on a daily basis, probably to take a prompt proactive action on that. Because as these federating units are jointly coming together, I know definitely the federal government is going to be jittered over this. But I'm telling you, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah, but if it works, how different will it be? Will it, you know, uh, make the federal government to come back into its senses to say that, look, we need to provide security or we need to uh, allocate democratized power, for example, so that each of the federating units will have control? Because I find it an irony that the president will say, hold your governors to account, you know, well, but the governors don't have any powers to execute and command security. So, I mean, at the end of the day, what is he saying is fine. like, you know, that statement is absolutely vague. I, I, I like and that. it doesn't make you sense. See, you if know. it works, right? This is the benefit. If it works, which was why I said initially it was yeah. not going to work. If it worked, right, this would be the benefits. The benefit would be that the constitution will be amended. Right? Will be amended in such a way that those security powers that are vested on the exclusive list that only the president who is the commander-in-chief of the armed forces of the federal republic of nigeria some of those powers will be decentralized to the states because as it is right now it's not all the states of the federation that are supporting the state police that is the problem. That was why I told you that. Yeah, but you are liberty to say we want state police. No, we don't want state police. You that's know, why it's a federation. You are at yeah. liberty. Yeah, that's but why the point it's a federation. That, but yeah. the point is that the cohesiveness in working together as a team. Let's assume all the 36 states of uh, governors, right, storm Abuja, storm the, um, the Asso Rock, and tell the president that enough is enough. We need state police in our states. I can assure you that that will work. But you're still having dissenting voices. Some are saying we are for, some are saying we are not against, because some, as far as they're concerned, anything that will affect the president as a person, they are not looking at the federation, they are looking at the president as a person. Because not even most an of institution. This, yeah, most of these governors, right, their loyalty is only to the president, not to the Nigerian federation. But at the end of the day, does it make sense? It doesn't. These are the issues. And These how are the does critical it, issues. Uh, how does it inform, you know, the Nigerian voter and electorate about making his own democratic, you know, choices in 2023 or at any election? My, my brother, example? just check out what happened even during the voting at the National Assembly where the voting was done for the electronic voting, I mean, transmission of results. You saw what transpired And by partisan lines, yes. you know, they said no. Uh, yeah, yeah, they said no. Because a certain political party believes that as far as they're concerned, in fact, at the sideline, somebody even said that his people, his people in his own village, he doesn't know anything about technology. When INEC is saying that we have the capacity to transmit this result electronically, but you have individuals who are representatives of the people, how many of those people consulted their constituents? First, that's the question to ask. None of them consulted their constituents before they took that decision. I remember during the third term issue that came up, the National Assembly was um, on vacation or they were directed to go and consult their constituents yeah. whether there should be a third term or not. And they all came back 
And when they returned back to the National Assembly, it was an open voting. People clearly said that my people said that I should vote no against third term. Right? But on this issue of the electronic transmission of results, how many of those people? I served in the North. I did my NYC there. Now, the issue here is this. The level of backwardness in terms of education is what the elites in the North are using against those people. Because they don't want people to get this. Because uh, uh, education is a Indep- tool for liberation. Independent. Because thinking. you liberate your mind, right? If you are educated, there are certain things that you cannot take. But you have individuals who believe that you should just remain there. Come tomorrow, I'll give you 100 naira. Next tomorrow, I'll give you. They'll continue to give you just to mortgage your interest. So I can assure you that if today all the Nigerian governors agrees that today, today, we want state police, I can assure you that a smart way of working on the constitution will start because most of these senators are afraid of being their governors. Okay. Most of the House of Reps members are afraid of their governors because you can see a governor telling the senator, okay, let's see how you're going to scale to the second term if in case you have an ambition of going for a second term. So these are the challenges we're having in mm. this country right now. And real tough challenges. We've been having a chat with uh, Mr. John Kelly, erudite public intellectual. I wanted to add a scholar as well <laughs> on public policy because uh, we've been talking public uh, policy, especially as uh, relates to insecurity and how uh, the parliament, the legislature, you know, can implement some of these uh, things because we can't continue like this as a society. If we've tried, you know, one idea and it hasn't been working, it hasn't served us, I think that the uh, smartest thing and the more honorable thing to do is jettison, you know, the old idea Mm -hmm. and embrace a new path uh, because people are dying, you know. Uh, It's like every day one Nigerian has to start life all over again. And talk about the poverty level. Mm. I was watching uh, on national TV just this morning the data between uh, poverty, unemployment, mm. and you know, uh, uh, poverty is you know, just unemployment. Under, yeah, yeah absolutely, is very high. So Nigeria and South Africa. Uh, so these are the issues. And every day, one circumstance or the other, you know, plunges someone to start life, you know, afresh again. The people in Jebu Miango will definitely start life all over Serious, again. Serious, very unfortunate. Uh, the entire village. Absolutely. I, I know so, that place very well. Yeah. And, and it's I, so, I like so terrible. It. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's very painful. So we need uh, a solution once and for all, you know, so that our society will become uh, more secure and prosperous. You can join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. 90 or you call... Zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. Hello and good morning. Thank you for calling. Thank you very much for taking on my course, Mr. Ponsatsana. My name is Tukudi from Malaria. We're listening. Yes, um, the former governor of Plateau State, Mr. Fonde, um, introduced what you what you call um, Operation Rainbow uh, to check um, all these same um, instances killings in his state. And um, yes, um, a lot of people criticizing, saying that he used the money to go and form a security for his local government and then to also protect his party and his interest. And if, but if you look at it closely, I think it is very, very far from what these people are saying is uh, critics. Now today, in this sample to today again, I will have some leaders again, a governor who has also, you know, trying in his own possible way to bring in peace. But I can assure you that um, when he tries, all his best has not been proven enough. Because if you look at the situation of land, um, something needs to be done. Need to be done. And critically, if we keep on, if we keep on telling ourselves that we 
about their peace in the plateau, the civil access, where our citizens are dying. Nigerians are dying today on the news today. On another station here on the plateau, the, the, the plateau stated to the, um, uh, um, uh, the, 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 the tax revenue collecting and other forgetting their, their names, you know, PSIRS, said that Nigerian people in the plateau we should pay in their tax so to develop plateau. When I listened to that particular um, that, that I said, please, can we pay this particular um, uh, uh, taxes of ours so that you protect the life of the people of Uruguay? If today people are not losing their lives in this particular state, I'm telling you that people are going to kill you to pay their taxes even without taxing them. You don't even need to go to add that. If people are paying taxes, I can be commanded, you see, we should pay the taxes, which is a legitimate right. It is right for you to collect taxes on the people. Why are you not giving them security? Why are people also still dying? Honestly speaking, it breaks my heart. These are people that are accommodating people, people that are welcoming people, the people that you bring into your people, into your places to welcome them, stay with them. They turn back and they're killing you, and there's no security. This government has no any excuse to be allowing this killing to continue. Honestly speaking, I think the Bush speak out, and these are the people that's going to come out again tomorrow on the policy to come and tell us that what's for this particular party, where they have said those people are not being protected, they go help this country. Yeah, thank, working day. thank you. Thank you. Zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. Before you call, you have to kindly turn down the volume of your radio. Hello, good morning. Thank you for calling. Hello, good morning, Pastor. It's Radio Mama. I'm calling from right here. Good morning to Mr. John. You have said it all. God yeah. bless you. Yeah, she's saying God bless I, you. I listened, to, I listened to one uh, political analyst. He said that the problem we have in Nigeria is, especially in the north, a political analyst said it. He said that it's Badiala economy. And they don't know that that is a wool, a wool pulling over their eyes. That is exactly what is happening. But they will collapse on all of us. All I know is that until they decentralize the security architecture, especially this police thing, I've never seen where uh, if, if, uh, you say you're doing federalism and you have only one uh, police. And I mean, you, you, I mean uh, one police under the federal government. It's never done anywhere. If you find out the country, please let me know. So it will eventually happen. I know it comes to pass. They're still working on it. Even if they are trying to, the number of governments that want state police, there are more. They always say people are saying that uh, they are What is that? Is if you if you study the institution, what is that even the federal police is not being abused. It's the institution that matters. So uh, until we do that, we are not going to go, uh, uh, get through this. Uh, um, I mean, uh, insecurity. And again, look at insecurity has led to food insecurity. We are now ranking number two in the whole world in soaring prices of foodstuffs, which the development keeps on denying. But it's there. We know it. You can feel it. Every time they will say this price has dropped, it's only on the television that the price will drop. Go to the market and see what is happening. So the, the, the sooner we open our eyes, the better for us. Then when you talk about the electoral policy, that is another problem. When we say the people, the people, have we been having credible elections? So I just pray that that electoral uh, bill will decide into law. So we can have a, 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 I mean, a, a credible election in the future. Let's not do it in this country. I think uh, Jan, I remember very well when the Dogon Hawaii incident happened. I remember Governor Jan was one of them who talked about this police. It was so popular then. People saw it as a bit of issue. Now it is spreading all over in the platform. So when something happens, let us be united. Let them leave this divide and rule so people are cursed. God bless you. That's my take this morning. Let's all do it my dear. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Brilliant submission there, Radio Mama. 90 or you call 90 Okay, okay. Uh, we got you late there. Uh, both lines are up and running. Uh, let's... Hello. Good morning. 
Good morning. Thank you for calling. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Tell us your name and Thank join the conversation. Yeah. Um, comrade, I don't answer, but Solomon, I, I'm calling from Angola, Cuba. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Uh, honestly, we on the plateau. Uh, we are. This is a very sad moment for us. What is happening in plateau today? I want to narrow my contribution here on the plateau. Uh, because what uh, some parts of plateau citizens are passing through, it is not friendly and it is a very abnormal condition. And I would like the uh, the, the governor, uh, his uh, his excellency, right honourable Bakosamola Long, to at least please uh, forget. Let us not be discussing politics at the moment because these politicians seem to abandon the electorate, those who keep them there. Could you imagine these people when they were campaigning? They, they, there was not any remote area that they didn't enter. Making those promises, they will do this, they will do this. But when God gave them the position, using these people to elect, to elect them. But the situation today is that they are failed. Even come once, even in a very serious situation like this, to go and get this set of people. So you see, issue of politics for me today. Let us, the government should bring his attention very close, involved. And you should engage all the politicians on the plateau, all the appointees or whoever. The traditional council, the traditional rulers, and the stakeholders. So that they should bring a very lasting solution to this problem. If not, we will be taking on a Because I am urging the governor. Let him not be, 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 be rely on, on, on Abuja. Gwari cannot give possibility to help plateau states. Nobody is blaming the, 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 the planeters. There is no clash. It is an attack. That word should be should be treasured. It's not clash. It's an attack. Planes are attacking people. Thank you very much. May God help us, sir. Thank you. Yeah, well, uh, Mr. John, would you like to respond to some of the comments uh, from the Well, audience? basically, you can see um, clearly how people are expressing their anger over the governance issue you know, that is going on right now in the country and our state in particular. And I always say that once you have the mandate of the people as a leader, the best you can do for your people is to make them sleep with their two eyes closed. But that is not the situation we're having today because an injury to one is an injury to all. Mm. And, and when you look at the trajectory of how the attacks you know, started, you know, from the Riom, Barikin Ladi, and it moves to Mongu, some parts of Mongu, it moves to Bakos, and today we're having it in Basa. You know, some parts of just east were also affected at some point, just north. Mm. And um, who knows where the whole, uh, you know, pendulum will be swing to. And, and that calls to the question, where are our elders, the elders of the land? Where are they? Are they going to stay quiet until, you know, everybody is killed? Because if nobody is telling the governor the truth, I think it is high time that the elders of the land should rise up and speak the truth. Because the unfortunate thing I've seen often in this game of politics is that, most of these elders are always scared of speaking the truth just for the sake of, um, I know, porridge, right? Sorry to use that word, but that is the fact as far as Plato politics is concerned. We have seen that reoccurring and reoccurring over time. But as the people are dying, our generation of young people are dying. Now, when you now leave the generation that is weak, then who will defend Plato tomorrow? 
And that is the point that the elders need to rise up to the occasion and speak the truth. No point of sitting on the fence that I'm in PDP or I'm in APC or I'm in ABGA. I think that point is gone. This, with the state is at war with invaders who want to actually take over the land. Because everybody is welcome, as far as the constitution of Nigeria is concerned, to stay in any part of Nigeria and do legitimate business, even contest for a, an elective position. Mm-hmm. But the point is that you must not be a danger to that same community that you are in. And that is the issue that we're finding ourselves, I mean, that we found ourselves right now in this country. So I call on the authorities concerned and, and the leadership you know, of, of, of the governance structure ranging from the governor, the, the, the level at the state assembly, and also other leaders who are critical stakeholders in the Nigerian business. Most of the times when you see attacks like this, you see a conglomeration of these people, mm. you know, packing themselves, you know, they will go and tell the president in clear terms that we are tired of what is happening. It happens, uh, Governor Autumn, despite his onslaught on the presidency, but he let a team of eminent traditional rulers, they went to the presidential villa, they told the president their predicament. You know, so the, the, so in that vein, Plateau State can do that. Plateau State can in, start engaging, you know, in the um, conversation with even the, the central government and even neighboring states because most of these people that they claim they are brought in from other parts you know of the state we have our neighbors in Nasarawa what conversation are we having with the governor of Nasarawa yeah we have our neighbors here in Bauchi what conversation are we having with the governor of Bauchi and the same thing in Kaduna state mm. what conversation are we having with the governor of Kaduna state yeah. so if all this block are all connecting together I can assure you that from you know those borders lines that surrounds Plateau, if there's an intense conversation with these people, we can go a long way, at least in addressing some of these issues. Thank you very much, Mr. John Keller. Thank you for coming. Well, our dear listener, this is the much you can take on the show, and thank you very much for participating on the program this morning. It has uh, been interesting, uh, 45 minutes or so. Uh, stay tuned to the news top of the hour, 10 o'clock. My name is Ponsak Fanab. Have a very very good morning and well before i leave i have to wish you know my uh my old guy you know is someone that i i really um you know admire his life and uh, how he has uh choose his path in life uh on sunday is going to be 60 years old uh that is mr dingfa quantity surveyor dingfa tm happy birthday to you in advance and i pray that god will bless you we're going to definitely go to lantang uh, to celebrate with you Bye now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcasts.